0: to another edition of the From the stands podcast. I am Sean joined as always by my brother Ian. Ian, we are back. Quick question for you. Do you know when the last podcast was?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that we can say all as always, considering it's been once. We've had one podcast since my daughter was born, and she's eighteen months now. That's so. If I were to guess, she was born in March of last year. Uh, baby late April
0: of that our, year. Our last Our I swear last was
1: about suppose about March madness.
0: Our last podcast was actually November 6th of 2022. So this is our first podcast of 2023 and 2023 is almost over. So um, so we're, we're going to get back on the horse. We want to be doing this once or twice a week. And we've missed a lot, but we also had some pretty crazy last 24 hours. Um, let's start off with this then, Ian. Let's start with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, rumored all offseason. I'm only going to Miami, only to Miami, only to Miami. Tyler Hero, couple of picks, salary filler, including the, the groat, Kyle Lowry has been traded not to Miami, but to Milwaukee. The trade is Milwaukee gets Damian Lillard. The Phoenix Suns, as the third team coming in, receive Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, Nasir Little, and Yusuf Nurkic. And the Blazers get DeAndre Ayton, uh, Tumani Kamara, Drew Holiday, unprotected swap rights in 2028 and 2030, And an unprotected first-round pick in 2029. So, Ian, let's start with Milwaukee. What is your initial reaction to Lillard
1: becoming a Buck and what it means for that team? To me, it's late-game situations, right? I mean, I think even under, you know, with new coach and former Raptor assistant Adrian Griffin, I think they're going to want to run – they're going to want to have more options than just, you know, Middleton Giannis pick and roll at the end of games. And, you know, there's – Statistically, the best closer in the league is De'Aaron Fox. But in terms of big shot making ability, you know, um, history of making game winners, there's no one quite like Damian Lillard. So the the fit with him, with Giannis and with Middleton and Lopez, Bobby Portis, particularly for those late game situations. I think that's why they went and got him and look like Giannis made this happen. He told ownership. If you guys think that you know, you're going to be able to not spend and I'm just going to hang around and hang around. That's not going to happen. Message received. Went out and got Damian Lillard for what I would say is a pretty good price. Um, I think I, I think how you feel about this trade for Milwaukee is all about how you feel about Drew Holiday. If you feel like Drew Holiday, like some in the media, is a, and no doubt All-NBA guy every year, well, then you probably feel like Milwaukee gave up too much. Mm-hmm. If you're in the camp of, hey, Drew Holiday is a complimentary, he's a number three on a title team, well, then you're probably loving this trade for the Bucs. So to me, it's about late-game situations. It's about keeping Giannis happy, and they need to get that offense in gear. No one better to do that than with Damian Lillard. Forget about why they did it. Do you like this trade for the Bucs? Because you're saying,
0: yes, pundits are all going to have their own opinions. You know The reaction to if this trade is good is going to be – very subjective because it, you don't know. This trade is, is obviously a home run if the Bucks win a title and Giannis signs long-term. But in the short term right now as we sit here, at the end of September,
1: do you like this fit for the Bucks? Uh It's to be determined. Um, if I'm them, I need to not be done. Because, hmm. you know, I'm not a Grayson Allen guy. Never have been, never will be. Um, but again, like a lot of the closing lineups, he was the fifth starter. So you're calling on Malik Beasley, Pat yeah. Connaughton, Jay Crowder's back at the minimum. Like it gets really thin really fast. So, you know, obviously we're in late September. It's o- October in a few days. Um, so the, the in terms of optionality, there's not a lot out there. But I I, I feel like they're going to need some more – um shot creation on the wing but with someone like Lillard that may not matter so in terms of the Bucks, I think it raises their ceiling a little bit I think their defense will be fine um given the Lopez Giannis front court and how yeah. successful that's been yeah um I don't know that this puts them above Boston for me mm-hmm. um I I think they'd probably be in a little mini tier on their own above the likes of like Philadelphia. I think if Miami did this, I think they would have vaulted to the top of the conference to me. I just feel like that fit is a lot more seamless here. Drew Holiday was really good. And if I would have the it's choice, really I would have traded good. Yeah. Drew Holiday is really good. So, you know, I think they're they're in the second, their second third slot in the East to be still. I still think Boston's second third slot. Yeah, uh, again, yeah, it's 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 tricky
0: to judge it here because you know one of the things that I read, which I found crazy, is you know how this is all going to fit. How can Damian Lillard change his game to mesh with a Giannis Antetokounmpo? Now, uh, Lillard was ranked second on points per possession coming out of a pick and roll. So they're going to run a lot of pit, that Dame Lillard, Giannis pick and roll, Giannis being the screener. And you mentioned this to me yesterday on the golf course when this happened was like, how do you defend that? You know, it's it's a smaller, you know, you can't switch onto Giannis, the player who's guarding, uh, who's guarding Dame. And if you go under that screen, the, Dame's the killing you. going to
1: hurt you more is going to be Steph Curry. Yeah, it's, it's bombing. Pull up 100%. Throws.
0: But one stat that that I read that was incredible to read, Dame is going to play with his first all-star teammate since 2015, LaMarcus Aldridge. He has not had a teammate that made an all-star game Hmm. since 2015. So high-volume guy, high-usage guy. I still think he will be that in Milwaukee. But he ain't the best player on this team. That's still Giannis. You mentioned the defense. They're going to have to figure out how they maneuver that they have a very, very good defense close to the rim. Right. And Giannis is one of the best all over the court in the entire NBA. And the, the rim protection that, that Brooke Lopez brings obviously helps that Middleton's okay. He's lost a step defensively since his injuries. I don't think that that's crazy to say drew holiday was the person that was chasing around your Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, type players in the playoffs so they're going to need to find something for that is that Pat Connaughton because I think right now what's the starting lineup it's gonna be Dame, probably Connaughton Middleton Giannis and Lopez and you mentioned the bench so then you got Beasley Jay Crowder Bobby Portis like and now you're putting a lot of stress on guys like Marjan Beauchamp their first round pick this year you know i think that the way that you put it the tbd co- component is a good one but unlike with miami if miami made this trade people are lining up to get bought out and go to miami right are people lining up to get bought out to go to milwaukee no disrespect to milwaukee but they traditionally haven't been very busy in the buyout market but they could be great
1: buyout They're guys all- buyout guys Aren't something to build your team around anyway. No, but I mean, they look, can help they, with look, depth. Is my point, which yeah, is what this I team's going to need. They're going to have, they're going to have other options. Your team doesn't need to be finished at the end of September, so they're going to have options as the season goes along. We saw last last year with the trade deadline, second round picks galore. You know, maybe they get into that game. Although I think they traded a bunch for Jay Crowder, um, so we're just we're just going to have to see. We're going to have to see. Uh, again i my guess is that Connaughton would be the the guy that that moves in I agree. That moves into that role um I, agree. I i just think they they need you know they need a bunch of what he can do i would have liked to have seen milwaukee find a way to 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 nab nasir little here um just Ooh. as that's a guy i always liked yeah but again you're getting damian lillard there's not much you can complain about
0: well and let's shift to phoenix then because i think that's why they moved Aiden in this deal was because they were getting a player like Nasir Little. So as we move to Phoenix, Phoenix sends out, as we said before, they sent, sent out DeAndre Aiton and I believe Kamara came from them as well. I think he was a second round pick for them this past season. They bring in Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, Nasir Little, and Yusuf Nurkic. Ian, you said to me yesterday, what the hell is Phoenix doing? 24 hours later, Do you understand what they're doing now?
1: This to me is all about, they're just stacking wins. Wings, I should say. Hopefully they're stacking
0: wins, but yeah, wings.
1: They're stacking wings. So all they're trying to do is they're trying to insulate their big time scores, Beal, Booker, Durant, with as much wing help as possible. So in free agency, it was Eric Gordon, Kent Bates-Diop, Uta Watanabe, all of these Legends. guys brought in to, to to sort of surround, surround them. So what do they do? They add two more um, in this year, Little and Grace Allen, both guys who will be in the rotation, right? I mean, the concern for them was depth, depth, depth. Well, Nasir Little and Grayson Allen, I'm a little, I'm a Nasir guy, obviously not a Grayson Allen guy, but both those guys are, are playoff rotation guys. So that, that's a good get for them. The Nurkic contract is, I mean, candidly, um, one of the worst contracts in the league. It. I believe I'm pulling it up now. I
0: got it right here. He's 16.8 this year, 18.1 next year, 19.3, 25, that's
1: three full seasons of of a guy who is not produced. He's not produced in, in years. He's always hurt. Um, That is something that they traded bad money for bad money. And for me, if I'm taking on someone as toxic as Nurkic, uh, both on the court and off the court, I'm going to want more than Nasir, than, you know, my, my seventh and eighth man. So if I'm Phoenix, I would have ran it back. You know, hopefully Aiton comes out like a house on fire. And then does, does Indiana get back involved? Can I find a way to get Miles Turner and Buddy Healed right? Yeah. Does, does that make Phoenix better? Um, you know, uh, the, the Raptors have long been enamored with DeAndre Aiden. Does that, does that turn into anything? I just feel like if I'm Phoenix, I understand Hey, stack wings, stack wings, stack wings. I get it. But that that the Ayton contract was bad, but the nur but the Nurkage contract relative to the production is worse. Nurkic can't play.
0: Uh, Before he fractured his leg in 2019, he was one of the better rim protectors by analytics in the NBA, right? He made a difference defensively. And if you remember, those, you know, late. 2018, 2019, 2020 uh, Blazers were not necessarily something to write home about on the defensive end of the floor, right? But he definitely held it together. Since his injury, maybe understandably, considering how gruesome his injury was, he has not been the same player. He is also a very high usage guy. He has, he's had a over 22% usage every year since his rookie season. You ain't getting that in Phoenix. I know why Phoenix
1: did it, right? We're going to be getting a lot of Kevin Durant at center, I think Ooh. is the message here. We're going to be Man. getting a lot of Kevin Durant at center. Which, you can't do you know, that. I don't disagree, but how else are we going to do it? Are we talking Drew Eubanks? Are I we guess. talking Bol Bol? I, I like Chemezi Metu, to be fair, former king. Um, but again, like, I can't, that's not a, those aren't playoff rotation players. I just would have waited, you know, like you've been, you've been this patient with Aiden. You need to do exactly what, Philadelphia is going to do with Harden. Make the league see it, and if they see it, maybe it improves the the market for those guys. Clearly, that's how I feel about Phoenix.
0: Clearly, that Aiton situation was toxic. Like I don't, I don't think we need to argue that the Aiton and
1: Phoenix thing was it was incredibly uncomfortable. Part of the reason Monty Williams got fired. Monty Williams is a really good coach, and again, you just. You know, this This ownership group has been, well, the next thing. And what's the next thing? And what's the next thing? And on and on and on. And everything's got to be fast, fast, fast. And I think they're so eager. This isn't a fantasy team. You don't need to have it set by opening night, right? This can be fluid. There's nuance this. I guess. So and this to me, i think they rushed it too. with Aiden.
0: I think they rushed it too. Unless, rushed it. unless you really, really like Nasir Little.
1: Either that or you got great, you have, you know, you have, you're connected with Nurkic in the agency world and you have great medicals, but I don't see it.
0: I don't see it either. Uh, Let's switch to Portland. Um, I think if we were to give grades on all of this, and I will ask you for your grade for each team at the end of this, I think this is the one that you can probably say incomplete, right? The Blazers end up netting DeAndre Ayton, 25 year old center signed to over $35 million for the next three seasons. Um, tumani kamara who tore up uh, uh tore up summer league for the phoenix suns drew holiday and then the one unprotected pick and the two swaps this has to be an incomplete grade no because drew holiday is not going to be wearing a, a portland trailblazers jerseys come you know november 1st whenever the season starts do you agree
1: well i think it depends again if if I'm the Phoenix. If I'm on the Phoenix Suns staff and I'm analyzing this trade for Portland, I hate it because I don't like Aiton. Right? I mean, that's if if what the Phoenix Suns think of Aiton is true, then this is not a smart move by the Blazers. If you're the general public and view Aiton as he's twenty five, he was the number one overall pick. Yep. um, He's basically an eighteen and ten guy. Fresh starts fresh start, you're taking a swing in a, you know, a low visibility market. Sure. Right. I I think, I think that's fine. And look, quite frankly, I'd much rather pay someone as talented as Aiton, the 32 and hope Chauncey Billups can get the most out of him than I would rather than I'd pay the Nurkic. Which you know exactly what you're getting. I know what I'm getting. And that's not, that's nothing. Um, In terms of the other pieces. So the two bucks picks. So it's a 28 swap and a 29 first, the 29 first is really juicy because I don't believe this Milwaukee team wins the finals, wins the title. I don't think they make the finals. Um, and if they don't do that, Giannis is gone. Where I don't know. And, and
0: but almost certainly Damian Lillard is not on this team in 2029. Well, He'll and if he is, like and if he is, years
1: old, <laughs> he's yeah. a really compromised version of himself. And that pick is going to be really good, right? It's this is the like same it. as the draft yeah. pick that Dallas sent out for Kyrie. Um, last year and and quite frankly those twenty nine picks so could be really good. So much can happen between now and then. The last piece of it, Drew Holiday. I love Drew Holiday. If I was messiah I would not stop calling the Blazers until they let me make a pitch for Drew Holiday. You clearly have a rapport with that organization. You were just talking dame. Yeah. So to me, if I'm Drew if I'm if I'm the Blazers, I can easily get three more firsts or equivalent in players. Um, or equivalent for Drew Holiday. So Damian Lillard ends up netting me DeAndre Ayton and four firsts, five firsts, plus two swaps. I'm good. Plus, with that. plus a dart
0: throw. I agree. I, and the, because the market for Dame, he's 33, he's a smaller guard, and he's owed what over 150 million over the next three seasons, and. I just think that even though Drew Holiday is on an expiring contract, I just think it's easier to trade a guy like that because it's easier to come up with the salaries and he has a lot of value. He's younger. He plays way better defense. And I think that a contending team can look at that and go, you know what? I think Dame, even though Dame is a better player than Drew Holiday, I'm not saying he's not. He's a better player than Drew Holiday. But I think Drew can step into any situation better than Damian Lillard can. Right He's not upending your entire organization, your team. He fits into every single scheme and and you know, if you want to play fast, he can play fast. You want to play slow in the half court, he can do that. You want him to handle the ball, he'll do that. You want him to be off ball probably where, he's better. He can do that too. Um, I just think that they made their lives a little bit easier on themselves to get what they wanted for Dame, which was a Rudy Gobert um Donovan Mitchell type package hand the keys over to Scoot Henderson now DeAndre Ayton and Shaden Sharp and I think they can still do that but by taking Drew back I think that yeah you you mentioned it I think that where there was only one team banging on the the Trailblazers door three months ago I think you're gonna have five six up to ten teams banging on your door for Drew Holiday and it probably starts with two first round picks and a player that's probably where it starts so I, I, I think the Blazers did a great job. I think that this is actually to your earlier point about Aiden, I think this is what, this is exactly how you handle business. You don't just take the offer because Miami is the only one offering. And because that's where Dame wants to go, you wait, you get creative. Things happen in the NBA all the time. That's what makes the NBA the best. It, they're not even a training camp yet. And we're talking about this blockbuster deal and they waited and I think they got fair market value for Damian Lillard, which is really, really hard to do. When you're trading a dollar, a lot of times in the NBA, you get 75 cents, right? And I think they got a dollar, it, depending on how you feel about DeAndre Ayton. I'm shocked that we haven't, we've gone this long and we haven't brought up the fact that you think that Rashawn Holmes is better than
1: DeAndre Ayton. But that's, I think you know, shout I, out Rob I think Shaw. Ayton, I think Ayton is a league average to a maybe above average big. I think the reason that we – I think the reason that people keep talking themselves into Ayton is because of how talented he is. But when it comes to being a big, you're not going to – especially in the new NBA, you're not going to touch the ball as much as guards and wings. And you really need to have that drive to be great to be that way. And, you know, some people – Kevin Garnett was built with it. Some guys aren't. And that's okay but those aren't guys those aren't guys to build around but i've had enough talking about these other teams i need to talk about the raptors yep let's do it um, this i was never really on board with the dame trade only from the standpoint of the in 3 years that money's going to that 62 million dollars is going to be a lot for a guard who's 37 36 37 with that said it was an out for this front office it was an out for this organization to choose a direction and um, Wendy reported on his latest pod. Um, these, this is a direct quote. I feel pretty strongly that there was some sort of offer from Toronto to Portland. I do not feel strongly, however, that OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Scotty Barnes were in that offer. Now, pause on that for a second.
0: Here's what, what we have from
1: Michael. Here's what we have from Michael Grange. We have from Michael Grange today. There's been, and this is regarding Siakam. There's been no progress on an extension at all. There's been no approach from Toronto. From the player side, they would absolutely want to jump on it. Right now, it's kind of a wait and see. Wait and see for what? What is the direction? If the direction is you want to compete, awesome. Pay pay a top 15 player, top 20 player in the league right now. Pay the man his money. Start looking at the OG extension and look at improving the roster. If you want to go the other direction, then trade him. I agree 100%. This, the reason the Lillard thing is so frustrating is not because we didn't get Damian Lillard. I could give a shit. The reason the Damian Lillard thing is frustrating is because <laughs> this team doesn't have a direction. This team is currently slated to end up anywhere from 11 to 8 in the standings, right? There's They got worse from last year, mm-hmm. right? Out Fred Van Bleet, in McDaniels, and Dennis Schreuder. Schreuder. I just I don't understand what the direction is. And quite honestly, it's not fair to it's not fair to the players who some of whom helped this organization win their first title, um others that are going to be looking for extensions down the line. You know, I, we you know, Gary Trent was made a priority. Why is Pascal Siakam not made a priority? If the idea is to go in the opposite direction and and, and do the teardown, that quite honestly, let's be clear, Masai Ujiri's wanted to do Ever since he took the job, yep. If 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 that's if that's the direction we're going, we don't want to be good. Why are you paying Jakob Purtle? Why are you in the running for Fred VanVleet up into the bitter end? Why are you trading Why first are you round paying picks for Jakob Pertle. Why are you trading first round picks for Jakob Purtle? Why are you paying Gary Trent? I just think this team lacks direction. And look, this is not a, a commentary on Masai and Bobby. We as Raptor fans have become extremely spoiled to the success of this organization. It's one of the most winningest, it's one of the most winningest franchises since Masai took over. Okay. That's not a coincidence. I give them the longest leash possible, but enough is enough. This team, this organization needs direction. So which direction is it? Either pay Siakam and build around that team, check in on Drew Holiday, check in on other guards around the league, check in on shooting, or Go the other way. Rip the whole thing down, build around Barnes and, Gr- Barnes and Grady Dick, and let's keep it moving.
0: I agree with you 100%. It is almost sports malpractice what they're doing right now. They have – they so to your point, everything that, that you're hearing publicly is that they want to go for it. They're going after Damian Lillard. They're trading for the the missing piece at center in Jakob Pertl. They pay that person, but but they're it's but you're right. They're not all in on that. They haven't they haven't spoken to the as you mentioned. They still have an extended Gary Trent. They have no there's apparently no extension that they can send OG and Anobi. Um, this is as per uh, Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks. There's no extension that they can send him right now that he would sign. Like none. He's definitely opting out of his player uh, option and probably leaving. Because teams are going to land around the corner to pay that guy $160 million. Good luck, by the way. Um, I, I don't get it. This team, you said, this team was the definition of frustrating and average last year. The only way this team is better this year is if Scotty Barnes takes an astronomical leap. It's, the, it's the, literally the only way. Because Dennis Schroeder, at best, at best, can replace Fred Van Vliet's offensive production. And that would be like a, a, an unbelievable season for Dennis Schroeder. What we're, we're Jalen McDaniel's? He's fine, but you want that guy playing twenty minutes a night? Grady Dick is just a shooter right now. We don't know what we have until we see it. I, it doesn't. To me, it doesn't make any sense. You're right, and the fact that they're not talking to Siakam at all. I didn't know that. That is fucking depressing, dude because the the director the he should have been involved in all of this with the Lillard stuff. Hey, we're going after Lillard because we want to keep you. Let's talk about extension.
1: He should have been taken care of he should have been taken care of a long time ago. And if that guy becomes eligible for the Supermax, um, I don't know with his contract how that all would look, but given um, he's qualified for all NBA and everything else, I think he needs one more All NBA and then he can make like 60 he, million a year. At the end of the day, he should have been looked after long ago because he's outperformed the contract that he's on. Quite frankly, one 000%. and look, talking about another guy who's outperformed their contract, they need to make a decision on OG. I get it. Masai has his guys, and his he guys loves are his guys. OG Pascal, you know, Freddie was his guy. I get that he has his guys. I get it. Precious, right? I would be the same way, and I love Precious. I love OG. I do, but we got to we got to pick a direction, right? We're asking for four first round picks of the draft. At, at the deadline last year that doesn't come to fruition we miss an opportunity so we don't want to include him in a three how the hell do you not take three we don't want to include him in an offer for damian lillard okay so what's the, the so are we paying him and if you're paying him what are you doing with siakam you are gonna have those two guys at 50 million a piece or 50 million and 35 million for og that i just make any sense. again i i don't i don't understand the direction look i, I said before the the team doesn't need to be made in October and these and Messiah and Bobby nope, you're deserve right. all the leash in the world. Yep. But pick a direction and let's get to work. What would your offer be for uh Drew Holiday? Hmm. Would it be
0: kind of a la the dame piece, you know, Gary Trent
1: plus Boucher and what? Two firsts? Would it be well, the thing I gotta remember, the thing I gotta remember is um Luckily, from a from the standpoint of from the standpoint of finances, Drew Holiday is going to be easier to trade for, right? Much more manageable number. It's 36 million. Um, so, right, as opposed to Dame who's at probably, you know, 50, 50 plus. I think he's so, 47 this year. Yeah. You're not, he's got two Drew's got two years left. You're not trading. I don't see why Portland has any interest in Gary Trent.
0: Well, right. just just to clarify, sorry to cut you off. Drews is a player option next year, and he's most likely declining that, even though it's forty. Well, million. that's
1: another thing for Toronto. Do they want to have another guy they got to pay? Probably not. Probably right? not. Probably not. So, if again, but if if the idea is screw it, we're going to go all in one. You know, one more time. Let's go. Hey, no problem. But in those conversations, they're going to have to. One of OG or Trent would have to go just from a financial standpoint. The Raptors can make the trade happen without it with, you know, a that Boucher, Boucher. Yeah. Porter, that group, right, to make up the expirings, to, to make, up, make up the difference, and then attach all your draft picks and Grady Dick and, and you go. But in terms of, I just don't see it, I don't see it for Toronto. Now, Michael Grange tweeted yesterday, he doesn't like the fit from a shooting perspective. What? I think that's horseshit.
0: That is uh, that just, is horseshit. Just not true. Just
1: <laughs> like I respect Michael Grange a great deal. Yeah, um, me too. Just admit you don't watch the Bucks. I mean, the guy was thirty eight percent last year. Yes, struggled in the playoffs, but that was without Giannis. So what do you want? Right, right. right. then the idea the from Drew is that the idea from Drew is that he's able to play off someone like a, a big, large wing like Siakam or Giannis. Um, Drew can stroke it, man, and. And he can guard. He's perfect identity for this team. Agreed. But financially, I don't I I don't it's, see it's it. that.
0: Now who who I do before we move on to football, who I do see it for is the Celtics. And that would be Lakers. F- fucking terrifying.
1: Lakers. I don't think the Blazers make a trade with the Lakers. But the Lakers have to um, wait till till January, though. That's the problem. The problem with the Celtics is a finances. They got to pay Tatum coming up, and they just gave Jalen Brown a ton of money. Uh, that's and, true. It's a one-year deal. If they get, if it's true, it's, it's one, one year. year and done. It's one year, and yeah. and quite honestly, like you know, all everything you read about Boston and where they're going is that Derek White's the guy. Yeah. So, I know. are you going to make Derek White the guy and then block the guy <laughs> and get a I better Derek like, White? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think. <laughs> I think the Lakers make a lot of sense. They can offer those two picks, some of their young guys. I don't know if that's enough for Portland. I think he would. Be an, uh, I'd a, amazing love him in Laker. New York. I'd love him in New York next to Brunson. Um, so that that Minnesota- would be probably RJ plus a pick. It'd be you'd have to you'd have to give up a lot. Um, Minnesota. I know. It'd love it'd be the same in Minnesota man. next to Ant. Be incredible. Miami um, and can pick you the phone back up. <laughs> hey Brooklyn. guys. Brooklyn, God's yeah, picks. I brought up
0: Brooklyn to you yesterday. They got all of Phoenix's picks. They got a lot of contracts that they can spread around, and I think that y- you have a backcourt of him and and Mikael Bridges. Like <laughs> that's uh, fun every night to play against. You know, uh,
1: Sacramento. I'd love to get a little defensive identity in we, there. They just don't have He'd, the
0: contract because the
1: Barnes thing hasn't kicked in yet. But, but I, but he agree. plays next to Fox. Um, It'd be awesome. You know, I, I think I, I, you know, I think the Clippers should be in the market. I, I think a lot of teams. A lot of teams can make a play. How good would he be in Denver? Um, I mean, he'd be special in Denver. And look, and then you look like but a team this, like this Dallas. But this is like my point. Sorry to cut you off. This is my point from earlier. Look how many
0: teams he could just oh, fit everyone. in. Atlanta? Every team can use a Drew Holiday. Dame like, is a
1: harder fit. He's a better player, but he's a harder and fit. And if you're Dallas, like you got to be sick. Sick knowing to that your stomach about you, this. You likely could have got Drew Holiday for the Kyrie package. Maybe a yes. little more. And, yes, and good now point. you're stuck with Kyrie and you're stuck with him for four more years. And like, that's why this thing, there's so much nuance to the NBA, right? That it, is a really things good point. Cha- things change in an instant. And, you know, even Houston, right? Dylan Brooks was just incredible, incredible for Canada, at the FIBA championships. Yep. Um, but tell me you wouldn't rather have Drew Holiday next to Van Bleet than Brooks. You just would. You just would. So anyway, that's my long-winded way of saying um, Raptors need a direction. Whoever gets Drew be, is going to be cra- super, super happy. How about Philadelphia for Drew Holiday? Bring him home. Was drafted there. He was in the trade with New Orleans Noel back in the day. Um, they can only when, trade one pick though,
0: so you'd have to probably send something a little. You're not you're probably not going to include Maxi in that
1: deal. Harden's the one that makes the the money work. You have to do it. You have to do. You really have to do it, Maxi, and send Maxi to a third team. Yeah, Mac because Maxi wouldn't fit on the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Maxie and Scoot would get torched. Drew Holiday okay. works great with Miami. It's the whole league,
0: the whole league. I know. I that's the why Orleans. I that's
1: why I love it. To me,
0: I don't know if it's an A for Portland, but it's no less than a B plus. I, I I love this. I love what Portland. No other bidding war for him. hundred percent. Um, let's move on. We're gonna have we'll get a guest on next week to talk more Raptors. Uh, so that we can really dive into to your point there. I I think you know we trust the people driving the bus. But it just seems like they're driving right down the middle of a fork in the road and and don't it shouldn't It doesn't be seem like they
1: have the answer either,
0: right? The no. same way that I they don't felt that have they should the have been better answer. last year. And that that's tricky for them. They should have been better last year. What were they? They were one of the worst teams in the fourth quarter in the entire NBA. They should have been better. But here here's the last thing I'm gonna but say. But they're not on championship it. team. Yeah,
1: go the ahead. The last thing I'm gonna say on it before we move. In as fans, um as pseudo media. As people, people all over that watch that watch basketball all have an opinion when this stuff is happening. So we ripped Danny Ainge limb from limb when he traded Isaiah Thomas was when he was injured after the guy gave up everything to be part of that franchise and he hurt his hip and put a, and compromised himself and cost himself a ton of money in the process. But they traded him because it's a cutthroat business and that's what you do, you know. And we ripped them for it. And now we're at the stage with the Raptors and we're ripping Messiah and Bobby for the opposite, right? They Serge Ibaka walks out the door. They can't stomach trading him. Marcus all walks out the door. They can't stomach trading him. Freddie, uh, Kyle wow. Lowry walks out the door. It's a sign in trade later. Fred Van Vliet walks out the door. You can't stomach trading him. At some point, the reason that the reason that we love we love Messiah as much as we do is because that guy looked DeMar Rosen in the face and said, you are the most beloved figure here. So what? Winning is all that counts. We got to make a tough decision today. Two Weeks later, traded the guy. Yeah. (laughs) And between since we won that championship to now, for whatever reason, that mindset has flipped. And look, it's being a Celtics fan during the Isaiah Thomas era and that trade and everything else must have been immensely difficult. Can't imagine what that was like when you hate your management group for what they did to somebody. You know, but then on the other hand, we're ripping Masai for for oper- operating on what his heart wants rather than what his you know rather than what's best for the organization. So what I would say is that we need to find. Look, I don't want us cutting loose players and you know doing the it's a business shit. I don't want that either. But at some point, they need to get back to their roots. They need to start doing things that are best for the organization. Stop worrying about public perception. Stop worrying about you know um, about what your heart wants or what they mean. You got to make decisions. That's why you're here. Make decisions. Let's go. One last
0: point I will add on that. Direction becomes a lot clearer if Scotty Barnes turns into an all-star player. I'll just say that because it makes this team look a whole lot clearer. Um, Let's get to football, Ian. Um, We're three weeks in. Week four kicks off tonight. Um, Packers play someone. I can't remember there are three they play the lions correct there's three and 3-0 teams the 49ers the dolphins and the eagles i think that you do you agree that they're kind of in their own tier forget about their record that they're in their own tier or do you have one of the bills chiefs cowboys or ravens also up into that number one tier
1: before last week i would have said dallas just because yep, i love their too. defense yep um but last week was extremely (laughs) So bad (laughs) um hard not to be impressed with what's gone on in in, you know in in baltimore um but again you know some of that's some of that schedule based to me the the obviously if we're talking about teams in this tier it needs to be the chiefs right elite defense uh best player in the world um rosters not set Right. I, you know, they're going to have a little bit of maneuverability. Do they go get a receiver? Um, to me, I think, I, I think the chiefs so. belong in that tier. I, um, I do too. I think they I agree. I think they belong in that tier. I think the team, the team that really hasn't impressed me. Um, and I'd be, you know, a little concerned about was, is the Eagles just a little bit. Um, Hertz looked a little rusty coming in, not as proficient um, in the passing game. But again, it's so early, right? They're they're not they. You know, where, where's Dallas Goddard? You know, AJ Brown was MIA for a couple of weeks before exploding for a hundred plus this past Monday. You know, I, I'd be a little, um, you know, I'd be be a little concerned about the Eagles in that tier. But again, I think the cream, I think the cream of the NFL, 49ers and Eagles in the NFC, and then Dolphins and Chiefs in the AFC, and, I, and then I, I think everyone else is long
0: below them. I agree with that. I. I have the 49ers. I, 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 are, I was really thinking about putting them in their own tier just because of how balanced they are. Right now on DVOA, they're the number two ranked offense and the number four ranked defense. Like, that is, that is amazing. And when all those guys are healthy, it's just a joy to watch. When they got Ayuk and Debo and McCaffrey, um, I'm missing one, uh, uh, Apollo oh, Kittle, when they're all buzzing, it is just beautiful football to watch and Shanahan knows how to deploy them and their defense is incredible, but I, I do agree with you. I would put those four in their own tier. It's funny. Analytics has the bills ranked number one in DVOA. I personally, I'm not it. I have a rule that if you lose to Zach Wilson, you don't get to be in the top tier. I'm sorry. I'm so they're, they're, they're down. They're down the list for me. And
1: um, until, until Josh Allen, proves he can be serious and not just like now to Josh's credit. I think Josh wants to be that guy. He He wants, he wants to be, he doesn't like that. He turns the ball over. I just think that like, you know, coming out, he was part of the knock is that he's super raw makes bad decisions. Um, His rise was meteoric, like something we've honestly never seen before. And I, I, I still think he's, he's still working out those, those kinks. But again, unless that guy wants to make another mini jump and be the type of guy that is not putting himself at risk uh, running the football, that is not throwing into triple coverage, that is not, you know, using his arm for punts and and turning the ball over fumbling. He I don't think Buffalo can be in that tier and be taken seriously um, unless that happens. I agree. And and the other thing that I would add to that, too, with Buffalo
0: is they to me, they still have two glaring concerns, whereas you could probably look at the rest of these teams and, and you, you would find a concern. I agree. You know, I meant you mentioned Philly, you know, out who did they beat last week? They killed them last week, but it, 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 they were supposed to um, with the bills. They still, when things get tough and they play a hard defense, they still don't really have an option outside of Stefan Diggs, right? The Gabe Davis types aren't doing it right now. I think James cook has looked better week after week after week, but you we know no one's lining up to call him the next Dalvin cook, you know, his brother i actually didn't do that on purpose
1: i don't think he uh, my problem with james is that i think when it comes down to it and you need to run between the tackles i'm not convinced James. i'm not either i'm not when it comes 20 when it's a playoff game or it's a game in december and you gotta get 25 carries james isn't that guy and the second thing that i still worry about is their defense
0: i'm not saying their defense is bad technically analytically they're ranked second but i'm not buying it personally i think you know, they don't have a great edge rusher with Von Miller still out, even though I love Gregory Russo, but it, you know, he's not, you know, he's not um uh the dude in Cleveland. It's, it's, Miles Garrett. thank you, Miles Garrett. It's not him. And they still, they lack a bit of toughness in my opinion, right? Matt Milano and, and Bernard are more that quick, smart type of linebacker versus that, you know, you come through over the middle, you're, you're in a lot of trouble their safeties have gotten older. I don't, you know, the corner situation still is a little bit up in the air. So I'm not all in on the bills either. I also have them in the second tier. What about Cleveland? We just mentioned them, you know, they're two and one, right? Um, Deshaun Watson has been bad last week. He was better, but he's still been pretty bad, but their defense
1: is is absolutely electric. Do you believe in the Cleveland Browns? I believe that you can ride a really great defense to, I mean, in all reality, you can ride it all the way. Um, Now, the thing is, is that the the common denominator with those teams that, you know, have an elite defense and then ride it all the way, you know, you're thinking the Ravens with Ray Lewis, you're talking to Derek Brooks um, in Tampa, those teams with early Patriots, you're talking about, you're talking about, you know, the 85 bears, you need a guy who's going to come in and not turn the ball over. Right and you know if Watson decides, well, hey, I don't need to be Deshaun. Let me preface this by saying, talking about Deshaun Watson is immensely uncomfortable. Without removing <laughs> yourself, removing yourself, just talking football, right? Removing yourself from all the all the that's all we're doing horrible here. things we're, that have gone talk, on. We're just talking life. football. That's. Um, I mean, he shouldn't be playing. Candidly, yeah. Um, but it just the football. If he decides, hey, I'm not the Deshaun Watson of old, and I'm just going to be game manager Deshaun Watson. I'm going to move the sticks. Um, I, I'm going to, you know, check down to my running backs. I'm going to, you know, get the tight ends involved. I'm going to be. I'm going to be game manager Watson. Then yeah, I think they can literally go all the way. But if Watson is hell bent on being the tw- first fully guaranteed contract, I'm Deshaun Watson, Pro Bowler, yada 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 then I don't think they go anywhere because they can't have him throw them out of football games because that defense, all the defense needs the offense to do is chew clock, march down, get points here and there, and let them do their work.
0: Two quick questions about quarterbacks. First is uh, the news out of the New York area that Trevor Simeon was signed by the New York Jets.
1: Is he your starter in week five? No. He's not. if I'm moving on from Zach Wilson and Lord knows I need to, what's the goal? Right? If my goal is to say, screw it, I'm going to ride, I'm riding Zach Wilson out for good or for bad. Well, it sounds like that decision, according to some beat reporters with the Jets, is ostracizing Robert Salah within that locker room. Right. Because people know what we all know is that Zach Wilson doesn't give them a chance to win football games. But if you're the Jets and you're like, this is a lost season anyway, well, then Caleb Williams and Drake May and a lot of those guys are sitting right there. I mean, you know, it really depends on what the goal is, right? Their goal is to compete, obviously, right? Spend a ton of money. Eventually, the cap is, is going to bite them. Um, the answer Again, isn't I- Simeon and the answer isn't sure. Wilson. I think. <laughs> what would you do? Again, I'm not asking what the
0: Jets are thinking right? Clearly Saul is trying to, to prop up this thing. Clearly ownership doesn't want to look like they have egg on their face by basically trading for another quarterback to replace their second overall pick. What would Ian Stansfield do? That's my question. Are I you mean, going out and comp- trading for Kirk Cousins? Are you tanking and just What, you're going to have Caleb Williams, if you get the first overall pick, sit on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers?
1: What's Ian Stansfield doing? That's my question. I don't think you can trade for Cousins because of the cap implications and what it means, how that all looks. Um, You know, I I take a nice hard long look at Jacoby Brissett, um, you know, who's not playing with Washington. You know, can he sort of steer the ship in the direction you want it to go? I mean, if the Raiders fizzle, Jimmy G. But again, that's a cap problem. Yep. Um, and then if you're talking free agents, you're talking Carson Wentz, Joe Flacco, a poo-poo platter. So, no, no, no. I just think, I don't think you have options. I, I, right? Like, unless it's a Jacoby Brissett type or a Ryan Tannehill type, um, Lord knows it's not a Russell Wilson like, unless it's one of those guys, I, you know, I don't see it. What about Jameis Winston? Does he change your future? So that's you know, the one. sure make make would, the
0: games more interesting. I would love if Jameis Winston was, was a Jet. He would definitely make games way more interesting. Um,
1: I also just, I, I don't. The I problem don't like, with Jameis is that he throws you out of games, but Zach is doing that anyway. He, so I might as well get Zach the upside.
0: Is, forget about, he's not even throwing. He's just standing back there holding it, getting sacked. Because again, their offensive line isn't very good. That was always the problem coming into the year with Rogers was you have a 40 year old quarterback who was objectively not very good last year, but he was rejuvenized and on hard knocks and all this other stuff, but you put him behind a line that is just way below average. And now you have a literal child bought back there. So, you know, I would love to see Jameis out here, but my, the point that I was gonna make quickly before I move on was I also think that that they're exposing just how bad the rest of the wide receiver crew is there i don't know why they gave up on elijah moore it doesn't make any sense to me so anyways that's enough on um on the new york jets let's quickly get to a little bit of fantasy work here ian i have some players that i believe are punching above their weight class and some players that are that are just not punching anything at all so my question to you with the positive players is do you believe in their stats this year do you think it's real? And then I want you to, for the players that are negative, tell me if you would start them because you, you think that they'll get better, stash them or cut them. So let's start with the positive players. Let's go Raheem Mostert and
1: Devon Achan, as he wants to be called. Is this real or fair? That that dude can be that dude can be called whatever he wants. <laughs> um the 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 Achan and Mostert questions are really questions for Mike McDaniel, right? Is he going to unleash those two guys, or is he going to let Jeff Wilson and Salvin Ahmed muddy the waters? Because if now, let's be clear, the Denver Broncos are not exactly the eighty-five Bears, but what they did to that defense, they just completely blitz them with speed, speed, speed. Right? The hot, the fast, all the fastest players in the NFL in week three, all three of them were Miami Dolphins: Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert, and Devana Chan. So, you know, I think if you're Mike McDaniel, you see what we see. You got to unleash this speed and unleash these guys. Um, I think they're both potential league winners. I think the interesting thing about Chan is that, you know, everyone, everyone lost it, right? Everyone lost it with him because, oh, he's so small. And look at his size. He's the same height as Jameer Gibbs. And yeah, the Detroit Lions took Jameer Gibbs at 12. So, and what I'm, I, I don't know about you, but in week three, I saw a whole lot more of uh, Devona Chan running through, between the tackles than what I've seen from Jameer Gibbs. That's not to say that Gibbs is bad. Gibbs is awesome. But, you know, one guy was drafted, I don't know, probably from round six to 10 in, in um, maybe even higher than that in Gibbs. And then someone like a Chan was falling to the double digit rounds. Yeah, Gibbs was, winners.
0: Gibbs, Gibbs was like a third round pick. And a Chan was... Either a late round flyer or a waiver wire pickup. It's hilarious. A Chan is. Uh, we use ESPN standard as our as our um, ranking here, guys. So a Chan is RB four
1: because of one week. He had forty seven points. Forty seven points, and most he's, he's is- he is special, special like that. He he's one of those guys. What you look for in a running back is burst, right? Dalvin Cook had it. It's gone now, but he did have it. Some guys just have that burst that whoa jumps off the screen. and um, James Cook has that his burst. bang, he's in the hole, right? A chance the same way, right? You, you all of a sudden that hole opens and bang, he's gone. there's no there's no open or close, there's no stutter, there's no delay. He's going. A chan and moster league winners provided McDaniel. Sees the light. I believe that
0: it's real as well. Um, Mostert is RB1 right now. And with Mostert, it's never been a talent or production issue. It's always been an injury injury issue. Let's go to quarterback. Jordan Love and CJ Stroud. Ian, do you believe that what you've seen from these two technically rookies is real or fake?
1: Real. 100% real. Um, Love is showing. Let's start with Love first because you asked him first. Love is showing that he can make the throws. All the angles you know, sidearm, he hits the windows. He's got an understanding of of that offense. And, and, you know, we saw a little bit of a dip after week one. Well, what's the common denominator there? No Aaron Jones, right? If while we're talking about the Packers, AJ Dillon, that discussion's over. I never want to hear it. It's dead. AJ Dillon is not the best handcuff in fantasy football. He belongs in free agency. He belongs on the waiver wire. (laughs) Don't touch him. It's over right? This pet project from LaFleur, it's dead. So he's a cut for you is what you're saying. Oh, he's a cut. Aaron Jones back. That's going to make Jordan Love's life easier. I love Luke Musgrave. Uh, That guy is so fast. Love what I see from Jordan Love. That's real. CJ Stroud, to me, love what I'm seeing. And I love that Houston's just like, go out there and throw, man. You want to throw 40 times a game? Great. No better reps than live reps. I think what I'm seeing from him is real. I think he probably settles in, in the Kirk cousins, Dak Prescott line when yeah, he's fully think developed, fair. which is yep. like a top 12, 14 guy, yep. which is no shame in that. Those are good players. Both made a ton of money um, with Jordan love. It's, I don't know where he's going to fit yet. He could be like a top 20 guy, but Stroud, I'm seeing it, right? he, I'm just a big fan of that dude. That dude just mm, hangs in. He gets it. Everyone's like, you know, didn't
0: have a lot of big games in college. Well, he, t- he carved the best defense in college in Georgia last year. I'm buying jo- – like I think the that Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud for real football is, to borrow that phrase, real uh, I believe that the CJ Stroud being QB8 or whatever he is right now is fake. I think that's going to fall off. I think that, the, and we're going to get to a, a fewer He'll hit the rookie wall team. at some point. I, I think that that is fake. So, um, what about two running backs here, Kenneth Walker and DeAndre Swift? Are oh. you, do you believe that both of those players are real RB1s this year, or is it a little bit
1: fake? Well, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I, I do consider myself the Swifty, just not that kind of Swiftie. <laughs> DeAndre Swift is my guy. That guy is so talented. And this goes to show you why bad organizations remain bad. I love the Lions. I love Dan Campbell. I love the rejuvenation of Jared Goff. You know, I love their players. I'm just a huge, huge fan. But Trading DeAndre Swift for nothing just so you can take Jameer Gibbs at 12 makes no sense to me. Jameer Gibbs now, running behind the best offensive line in football, is carving people. And you know why he's carving people? Because they're giving him the damn ball. He is. Give that all that guy needed was an opportunity and someone to really trust and believe in him. I get it. Dan Campbell doesn't like, you know, doesn't like the, 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 the guys who can't, you know, grit and grind four no, yards of carry for, forget but
0: that he he got traded because he refused to play hurt and dan campbell didn't
1: like that that is why he got traded it's, yeah it, and read look, about he it may it's never, facts swift swift swift's big problem is that at the goal line it's not his time so from a touchdown perspective i think it's probably going to limit him to the 10 15 range in terms of ranking right He's going to be a really really good RB2 provided he still gets the, he still gets the opportunity yep. uh even when that entire backfield is healthy. But he's not going to get in the end zone, that's going to limit his upside. You asked about Ken Walker. Ken Walker's a baller. Um we were way too worried about Zach Charbonnet. Thank you. That was going to be my point. Yep. We were way too worried about that guy. Ken Walker's a baller. Um I I you know I I think he's more probably high end flex RB2 range guy. Um I don't know that he's ever going to be, like, a no-doubt number one. He's number
0: three right now.
1: Is he, you know, so fast forward to 2024. He was a bell cow in college. Yeah. I think think he's real, like, way up there. uh, Oh, I think he's real. But it's September 2024, okay? You're doing your draft with your buddies. You know, you're at pick eight. Is Ken Walker on your radar at pick eight? He definitely wasn't coming into this year, but
0: I think, and we're only three games in. So we got to take this with a grain of salt. I don't see Raheem Mostert finishing his
1: RB1 this year. No. But, but no, maybe not. But I think he's around. I think he is going to be a round three guy. That's what I think. And I, and there's no shame in that, that he's going to be, he's going to be high in number two,
0: limited as a pass catcher, too. Um, Really quick on the final two receivers that I have a pair of. CJ Stroud's teammates Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Is this real or fake to you, Ian?
1: Let's start with Let's start with um, Tank Dell. Tank Dell. First of White, all, wide receiver seven. It is a hundred percent <laughs> real. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We constantly forget about fantasy football. This is this is the Deontay Johnson rule, and the Deontay Johnson rule is that drop the ball all the time and never catch touchdowns. Is that the rule? The volume is king <laughs> or queen, but volume matters. That is all that matters. He is getting the, the targets from this guy. The he's got 21 targets in three games as a rookie mm-hmm. as a five, 10 rookie third rounder. That's real. That volume is real. That will hold up, provided he can stay, he can stay on the field. He's a good athlete. Um, he clearly he's had a rapport with Stroud all through the summer, all through camp, everything. The Tank Dell thing is real. Was it Stroud that said draft that guy?
0: I think one of the quarterbacks that got drafted this year said draft that receiver. And I'm pretty sure it was Stroud and Tank Dell. I believe Tank Dell is real. Because of the opportunity that he's getting his connection with cj stroud i like nico collins do not take this as, as a slight because i know nico collins is your guy i think that from a fantasy perspective the nico collins stuff is fake so um let's quickly get to start stash or cut so these are players that are playing well below their adp draft position N- nico's
1: real by the way no he's fake.
0: no he's fake um so i want you to say and some of these i don't think there's any cuts in here but uh, i'll do better next time um ian start stash or cut jamar chase oh i'm stashing jamar chase right you're not not starting him every week like locked in start him every week
1: i mean if you drafted jamar chase anywhere from pick three to pick ten you're you are you're starting him right unless it goes really off the rails i think the problem right now is burrow isn't healthy and look like if i'm out there and someone is selling low on jamar chase i'm buying and the reason i'm buying is if i'm two and one it means I can afford to ride out any bumps while Joe Beasley's calf heals. Agreed. And I need Jamar in November and December. So to me, it's a stash. It's a start slash stash. You, so to you me, can't, yeah. Do not sell low on Jamar Chase. If you do, Good point. if you do, you got no, you got no chance. To me, he's still a start because
0: you have to start Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase start stash cut Drake London. Hmm. I and don't know we're talking cutting. not not dynasty leagues, regular
1: redraft leagues. I'm not cutting him, but I'm trading him. I, I can't. Ooh, I like that. I, I can't because look, you're not going to cut Drake London. He's too talented. This is a Desmond Ritter problem. You know, 15 targets in three games for Drake London. Drake London is the same. Has the same problem Kyle Pitts has, and the same problem. The, the problem is that Arthur Smith is is finding Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith is Mike Vrabel of the NFC. He finds ways to win unconventionally. And what it's doing is to his star young players, it's they're not producing. Like the guy made Coral Patterson or a, a genuine RB two last year. Right. So, you know, I don't see it getting any better under Ritter, quite frankly. So no. I'm trading Drake London.
0: I'm stashing Drake London. Just in case there's a QB change, because I think his value is too low for. But a they're trade. winning.
1: How do you? They're two and one. How are you? How are you sitting? Okay, but you,
0: yeah, you you believe in the Falcons? Stop it. Um, Alexander Madison. I'm going to go quickly first, because oh, I don't goodness. think any of these any of these players are cuts. So I, I'll do better on the on the cut part. I would trade Alexander Madison. Hundred percent. I want him out of my team. You agree? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, Cam and it's not
1: <laughs> its not because I'm concerned about Cam makers. Cam makers stinks. Um, oh, it's fighting words. Sorry, Connor. No, like, look, I loved him at Florida State. The guy has no juice. None. Like And if you're the Vikings, hey, is it worth a look? Right? Is it worth a look? Sure. But we just watched, you know, Kyron Williams plot his way through Monday Night Football, and the Rams didn't care. You know they they gave Cam Akers away, so knowing that Kyron Williams is probably below replacement level, and they just didn't care. So it's not because I'm worried about Akers, not because I'm worried about Ty Chandler. It's I, I just don't think Madison's very good, and to me it to me it's it's not a cut, it's a trade.
0: Two more, Damian Pierce and DeAndre Hopkins, start stash or trade. Because I've dropped the cut. Because I don't think you can cut either of these players. Although, if there is one player on this list that I would consider cutting, it's DeAndre Hopkins. But go ahead.
1: You want me to start with Pierce? Uh, the, the tricky part. The tricky part with Pierce is that you know he's just not getting the volume. And the reason he's not getting the volume is because
0: they the receiver, want Shroud to
1: throw. The receivers are doing well. Yeah, and
0: Shroud yeah, they doing want well. Shroud to throw. Yeah, that's they right. They want Shroud
1: to throw. So. I'm stashing what's his, what's his yard. Pierce. What's his yard per carry right now? 2.5. That ain't getting it done. No, that but I'm stashing Pierce only because Stroud can't keep up this pace of throwing 40 plus 40 plus a game. I'm stashing Pierce, but I'm monitoring it, right? Like Pierce was never an explosive runner. He was at 4.3 yards a carry last year. Four is kind of the magic number of where you, where you want to be. If you're like a, between the tackles, grinder. the Najee Harris line. Yeah, I mean, and he's not at four yards of carry, but <laughs> if, you know, if I'm Damian Pierce, like I'm looking at David Montgomery, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's what that's the career I want.
0: I right? Agree. Yeah, that's a really good comp for him. Yeah, um, DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I would also, I understand where you drafted Pierce. You probably have to start him. I want to wait, um, but but I would, I'd probably try and start a waiver wire. I think wire week to week you could find a now. better
1: option than Damian Pierce.
0: That that's that's exactly what I was saying. Uh, I would cut DeAndre Hopkins. Cut or trade? Oh, I cut Hopkins. him outright yeah I me
1: too. Right. so he, he's the one cut on this list um, I think he is zapped and if you think Hopkins is zapped whatever whatever whatever's worse than zapped that's what Tannehill is and that is why I caught him
0: because Tannehill freaking stinks um all right Ian that's football uh last thing before we get out of here we're going to be trying this a little bit more where we're going to be playing a few games on the podcast to, that we can then put out as content throughout the week. Um so make sure you're following us on Instagram at, at Front of Stands podcast to to see our reactions to this. I want to start with a blind ranking for you before we get to the tr- Actually, you know what? Let's go to the trivia first so we can keep with the football um the football segment here. So my trivia for you is I want you to name the top five wide receivers in fantasy through three weeks, according to our ESPN standard rankings. And you have one minute to do so. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is number one. Jefferson. Jefferson is number three. I'm just, I'm not cheating, by the way. I'm looking at. I'm well, looking I see at the you teams. looking at your screen. So I, I am I'm looking. I'm
1: looking at the teams. That's fine. Um, That's fine. Keenan Allen has to be up there. Keenan Allen is number two. I mean, he's been electric with Herbert. Puka Nakua. Oh, it's standard, and he hasn't scored. Nakua is number um, six. In, in PBR, he's got to be up there, though. Well, yeah, because he had all those all those
0: receptions, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a standard. Mm-hmm. I would say these two wide receivers, not to give you too many hints, but these wide receivers have been in the league for a while. Debo? Debo's number
1: seven. Mm. Mm-mm. would have been. Do? My,
0: po- my apologies. Um Nakua is not in the top five. He's actually, he's in the top 20. Debo's number six. 15 seconds.
1: Devontae Adams. Number four. Romeo Dobbs. He's not. shut up. (laughs) I can't think of the fifth. All right.
0: One guess. Fire it off. Give me one. Mike Evans. Mike Evans, number five. Look at that. Ian got all five. Um, Good job there. Good job, yeah. Tyreek Hill, number one, Keenan Allen, number two, Justin Jefferson, number three, Devonta Adams, number four, Mike Evans, number five.
1: By the way, while we're talking, go get Mike Evans. That's real.
0: That is real. Um, All right. You ready for blind ranking, Ian? Let's do it. First blind ranking on the podcast for people that don't know what blind ranking is. I give a topic and I throw out certain names or objects. Ian has to rank them in what he believes is one through five. So, for example, if we were ranking flavors of ice cream, I would throw out things like vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, cookies and cream, and birthday cake. Ian would have to Ooh, try and make and a list without knowing what comes next, and then we get to judge him on how good or bad his list is. So, Ian, today, you're blind ranking the top 75 NBA players. So, meaning, you, I'm going to throw out five names. They are all from the the, the NBA's top 75 list. You have to try and rank them in order of who you think is best without knowing who comes next. I am going to give you one hint though. I did not use Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Cause I know that a lot, you'll try and keep number one open for those two players. I'm telling you right out the gate. I did not use either Michael Jordan or LeBron James. So blind ranking one through five in where are you putting Clyde Drexler? Five. Five. Okay. All right. I actually don't, actually looking at this, I don't mind that. Uh, you have Clyde Drexler at five. Why?
1: I mean, Drexler's a great player. Um, best blazer, blazer of all time. But prob- I think he's probably, I think he, no. The best blazer of all time <laughs> is Bill Walton. Bill Walton. Um, yes, it is. Thank you. But in terms of the top 75, he's probably
0: in the lower third. All right. So Clyde in the five. Ian, where are you ranking Kevin Garnett in your blind rankings? Three. Three okay,
1: Kobe Bryant. See, the thing with Garnett, he's probably like top 20, <laughs> top 25. Kobe, um, is probably Kobe's probably top eight to 10. Um, if you talk to some people, he's top two. Um, uh, so I'll go number one on Kobe.
0: Number one on Kobe. Actually, looking at the two names that are coming, I actually think you've done pretty well. Next name is James Harden. Oh, four. Well, Ian. I don't know if you have a perfect list judging how I know how much you like this last player, but it's pretty close. Your number two player on this blind ranking is Bill Russell. So you have Kobe, Bill Russell, Kevin Garnett, James Harden, Clyde Drexler. How do you feel about your list?
1: That's probably the order I'd put it to be honest. I mean, you'd have Kobe over Bill Drexler. No, probably not. Right. You change that, but I'd have Harden over Drexler.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Ian, I have one more for you before we get out of here. Blind rank the current NFL starting quarterbacks one through five, starting with Trevor Lawrence. Four. Four. Ooh, okay. I don't hey, get the Trevor Lawrence thing. I'm sorry, I don't. Well, you must think there's some good quarterbacks coming. Because Tannehill? Because the, the next number is, the next name is Kenny Pickett. Five. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> That's just mean. you know. You you know I have him on my
1: on the dynasty team. Um, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett to me is bottom five, bottom five QB in the league right now. What with Justin maybe Fields. maybe bottom eight
0: with Justin Fields. All right, you have Trevor Lawrence at four. Kenny Justin Pickett Fields at five, bottom one. Russell Wilson, shit. Yeah, uh, well,
1: he has to be three.
0: Has to be three. Joe Burrow, Joe Buzzy one. Joe BZ1, which means your number two quarterback on this list is
1: Deshaun Watson. (laughs) I mean, yeah, if I were to do it again. Yeah. I guess by default, you'd have Lawrence at two. Yes. I I just don't understand. I I don't get the Lawrence thing. I I know. I know know he he can do everything, but when is he going to do it? He made the playoffs throw, last year. He can run. He's. Wow, man, that's amazing. You know who else <laughs> made it last year? Josh Dobbs. Legend. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Who was the all-star last year? Oh, it was uh, Huntley, right? The all-pro? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Probably. Um, Ian, this was a lot of fun, buddy. It was great being back here with you. Um, let's Let's keep it up. Let's keep the rhythm. Any last words before we sign off?
1: Masai Bobby please pick it up